really just talk about voting and um, and to really begin um, hopefully an ongoing conversation about why is it so important for us to be involved in not only our immediate communities, but then in our regional and national uh, connections as well. And uh, hopefully, you know, have a good conversation about, you know, the importance of voting and, and, and get thoughts and ideas and uh, perspectives from you all when it comes to um, our investment in, in, in the voting process. So um, I'll introduce myself and then I'll uh, flip it over to Eric and uh, Hillary. and dining services here at East Strasburg University, and I serve as one of the co-advisors for the Men of Color Alliance. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Eric Lee. I am also one of the uh, co-advisors for the Men of Color Alliance. I'm an academic success coach here at East Strasburg uh, University, and uh, thank you all so much for joining us and uh, having this discussion with us. We appreciate you being here. Um, if everybody actually says this, we have a fairly small group, if everyone wouldn't mind just going around and just introducing yourself briefly, um, we're not going to make you do any weird icebreakers and tell us fun facts about yourself. Um, but uh, let's start off with just a couple things. Um, your name and are you registered to vote? So uh, ladies first. Uh, hi, I'm Janine and I'm registered to vote. Yes, yes. Hi, Janine. Um, hi, I'm Ashley, and I'm also registered to vote. Hello, Ashley. Hi, uh, so I'm Diego. Um, currently, I am not registered to vote. Um, I am a permanent resident of the United States, so I'm not allowed to vote until I get my citizenship done, which hopefully will be this year, though. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Hey everyone, my name is Sean, but people call me Fluffy. I'm registered to vote, so I'm ready for the third. Yeah, one more person who's joining us, so uh, we'll give them a second to, to hop on and hop in and introduce themselves as well. Uh, hello, Manny. Can you, Manny, can you hear us? He's kind of getting all settled and stuff, so he'll, he'll, he'll hop on when he's, when he's good. Okay. So there you go. Manny, you good? Hello? Oh, there we yeah. are. Hey, there we go. How are you doing How's today? Doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good, good. Good. We were just doing some uh, brief introductions. Um, we have a couple of new people joining us. Uh, so as far as introductions, just uh, start with just your name and if you're registered to vote. Uh, without a doubt. Uh, my name is Manny. I'm originally from the Dominican Republic. And by that, I mean, like, I was truly born there, and I just came here when I was a teenager, so I am not even a citizen of the U.S., so I can't vote <laughs> yet, so soon. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's get this thing done. <laughs> okay. Well... We wanted to have this meeting today, um, and particularly right before uh, the upcoming election, because it's very important that we all have an understanding of both voting process 
and not just the process of vote, but the value of the vote. And what Curtis and I really wanted to do was just to actually hear more from you all as to how do you view the actual election system? How do you view voting in general? Um, we have a couple of questions that we're going to, you know, throw out to the group. Some are eligible to vote at this point, some are not. Even if you're not, um, you can speak hypothetically as to what you would like to do if you were in a position to be able to do it, because I think that's also important as well. Um, and so just to kind of get started, um, are any of you old enough that you previously voted prior to this election, or is this your first time voting? I know Curtis and I are old, so that that, that doesn't qualify for us. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> no, I voted a couple times. Okay. Okay. This is the first like election I'm voting in. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. About you, Ashley. Right, is it your first time as well? No, I voted before. Okay. I'm not too old, not too young, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we 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 won't go there. We won't we won't ask we won't ask uh, uh, details or anything. Um so let me also follow that up with, you know. For those who are eligible, do you plan to vote? Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. I've been seeing on the news how high the statistics is that now is more younger people voting and going out and making that home movement. So for me, myself, seeing that in the news is quite, like, makes me happy. It's, it's very an eye-opener to see that happening now when we're trying to make a change. Now, the thing is, is it going to work? Because everybody's talking about like the electoral colleges. How's that going to like plan out? Yeah. I think that's, that's a very interesting question, uh, Bucky, you know, and, and there's a lot of talk about, you know, we need to redesign or get rid of the electoral college. But many people don't understand how it was set up, which, you know, I think personally, it's, it's not the, the best system. Uh, because it, you know, based off the population, it gives so many, you know, select or electors per state, you know, to you know select who's going to be president. So it kind of negates the whole general population piece, right? So yeah, I think there's some rationale to why we need to redesign that process. But many people don't don't understand that process, which I think is a bit, is very important. I voted early, so I dropped mine off. But I know, like, my brother is five years older than me. I'm 18. And he originally wasn't going to vote because he didn't think, like, that it, I think that it was, like, worth it um, or that it would do enough that he wanted. So, but then, because he, he's also been, like, researching a lot about um, just, like, kind of analyzing like America and like our economic system like with capitalism and how that is so he's been looking towards like people who are like on like the farther left side who like communists anarchists and just seeing like what their thoughts are because he doesn't know much about their perspectives so and then I think even those people were saying like it's better to go with the lesser of the two evils so that like convinced my brother to vote also I'm sure it was, it was a good feeling to see that he changed his mind and he was actually going to go vote. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also think that 
uh, not just the electoral college, but also just the two-party system in this country is kind of like an issue in, um, with, regard is, with regards to um, nominating someone. I mean, I feel like people just kind of cloud under this umbrella of two different perspectives and like having just two black and white um, it, like uh, response to like issues and stuff. It's not just like so black and white. I feel like there's a lot of like gray areas and like a lot of um, just we need a, a different party, I think. <laughs> so I knew you were going to drop some gems. Go ahead and tell us how you feel, man. Go ahead, go ahead and let it all out. Let's go. Let's go. How, how do you feel about the party system? Oh, me personally. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think we just need a third party where like it's more inclusive and more um, understanding. I feel like they're just so biased and they try to like lean towards you know those like specific topics and like just um, Democratic and Republican giving such like tiny ideas of like, I, I don't like the whole um, process of people like looking at polls as a reference to like how they're gonna speak to certain communities. It just seems totally stupid to kind of like form an opinion of like, oh, well, like this community has like these type of issues. So when I go and talk to those people, I know that this is what I need to say or this is how I need to tackle those issues to gain their vote. It's like such a high school, like, clicky thing it's so annoying yes, yes. it's like they're putting up a two-faced type thing yes. yeah for sure you know, yeah sorry, go, go ahead, ahead. Go, no, go ahead. <laughs> uh, well actually in like this one math class that i have they're talking they are like they explain like voting methods and the ones that we talk about all are based on like points so or it's just like about having multiple parties and then so like i think that would be a better system for us because then like no one votes third party even if they like third party because it like is basically like a waste of your vote or like it oh. doesn't actually add up mm -hmm. so i feel like if we had like a point system or something then maybe it would it would slowly make like the like the republicans and democrats like a little less powerful and give more room to like other parties that actually want to have a voice um so i'm not sure like who it was but there was like a third party nominee uh, in 2016 that had a lot of like track but at the end didn't necessarily even make it on the ballot and I'm not sure who it was but just I mean like having more options than the basic two system like party is just I think would help develop the presidency I think the whole kind of like system needs a little bit of reconstruction um my personal idea, the way I kind of thought about it uh, in a weird sense um, this past year, just like seeing everything go down, um, I think the presidency, like, it's just a weird, um, like, thing. Um, but it's, I call it like the avatar um, kind of like nomination kind of thing, where um, necessarily within those four years of like having um, your presidency, we should elect people in regards to issues. So, I mean, one year, instead of having just, like, all these politicians who come from lawyer and congressional backgrounds, having people with professional um, experience. So, this these four years coming up, we would choose a president to tackle just kind of, like, the economy. And he would be 
ideally a person who has worked within you know wall street or finances or like in the economy and has had positions where he's influenced communities and programs in an economic state and then the next presidency would be like healthcare. The next presidency would be like um, justice reform, just like tackling issues and also while handling, you know, every day to day presidential stuff, whatever it may be. Um, but I feel like if we just kind of took the presidency and pointed it towards a certain direction, there would be less like tension and issues within the nation and there would like we'd be voting people to do and establish change within certain fields rather than just kind of like throwing people who are like yeah i'm gonna like do this and that and build a wall and all that and then like none of it gets done so we see things not being done that are promised and then raising even more problems than anything Yeah. That was just an idea I had. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, a lot was said there, um, both Janine and, and, and Diego, and I, I just kind of tagging into one of those points, I, I really think that um, the importance of our vote is, I think, at a, at a point where I think people are starting to see the importance of it, just be, you know, tied to the fact that it's so selective. You know, like, I think this is the first time where I've, I've seen the importance be tied to the reluctance to vote, right? Um, many people believe that, hey, I gotta vote because it's the it's it's either this or that, you know, and it's not necessarily what I want, but because we don't want this, then I gotta do this, right? Um, but people are, are seeing the, the importance of them exercise their ability to vote and and that's an interesting place to be you know um i remember and still kind of you know this resonates with me you know when the nomination process for um joe biden took place and every you know um, every state you know doesn't uh, you know, pass their vote or whatever there are many states that said you know uh, bernie's still our guy so thank you you know and and that still that let me know that we're in a place where, you know, we have this two-party system, um, but in, in respective camps, there's still dissension on things because there are folks who want to do things differently, but at the same time, because it's so split, we, we, we still have to go in a specific direction. And I, and, and I think that's why, you know, for me, you know, voting is just the beginning of our responsibility. You know, I think we have to continue to be active regardless of our age or experience um, um, in our communities. And, 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 and definitely, you know, as we gain more perspective and experience, be able to articulate what our needs are. Um, because, you know, like you were saying, maybe Diego, I think, and I totally agree, you know, I, I'm definitely turned off by politicians who, you know, kind of cater to the, the, the environment that they're in in the moment. You know, um, as an African-American male, I'm very turned off by the fact that there's kind of this black narrative being over communicated right now politically, right? There's so many other issues to go along with this black narrative, right? Which is significant, black lives matter, all that kind of stuff, right? Like it's 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 important, 
But best believe we still have a significant immigration issue. We still have issues with the Latin community that needs to be addressed by this government. Right? There's so many things that our candidates should be talking about and also have a plan for that, you know, we have to become invested in these processes in a way where our representatives are speaking the language that we need them to speak, right? And I think that's part of the challenge that I think, you know, we're facing right now is are our candidates understanding the need for them to not do a song and dance, to be authentic, to be engaged, to be aware of issues, and then to come up with some constructive plans to help us move forward. Um, just to kind of go along with that, I really, um, in, like you saying how you see like a lot of people, you know, coming to, or just like recognizing voting as an important issue within the circumstances or whatever. But um, I hope that it kind of encourages people to be more involved within their personal communities. Cause you I mean, honestly, that's where things escalate from, you know what I'm saying? Um, people are get into these positions starting out in local governments and like i feel like people don't necessarily put a lot of thought or um know even where to like go and speak their voice to their local governments so last or not last year 2018 when i moved back and i um was attending asu uh, i was commuting and parking in the street parking i just didn't want to pay like the permit fee or whatever like it just annoys me that how schools like just take money um so i didn't want to pay for the parking fee so i just kind of like was okay with parking on the street and doing the quarters and then one time i got a ticket and i waited until the strouds township had their like city council meeting and i went in and i talked to them and i pointed out how the meters on in the university on the streets are 25 cents for 15 minutes and then they have a two-hour limit while the ones on like crystal street or anywhere else around town 25 cents get to half an hour and they have a three-hour limit so they're owned all by the city so i went and talked to them and i just didn't understand that like that difference and it really just comes down to being able to charge you know get those tickets on from esu students it's totally just set up to kind of like screw us over. Um, I have, what if you have a three hour class? I told them and they were just like, well, you know, I know I went to school there and I know that you get like a 15 minute break and okay, so you want me to like disrupt my class, go outside, run to the parking lot, put in another 25 cents or whatever, and then come back and, and like waste my break just to give you more money. And they were basically like, no, like, sorry, that's just how it is. Like, bye, like, thanks for coming and like talking to us. And with the new intersection off the exit and then the bridge over by Walmart being extended to have more, I don't know, walkway, it irritates me <laughs> a lot. I'm like really frustrated because of like everything going on with COVID. I don't see who implemented these plans and decided to spend our taxes on just shit that I don't think we need. Like, I've lived above this intersection most of my, like, entire of my life. I've barely ever seen any accidents happen. People usually conduct themselves really well getting on and off of that ramp. And I live going up that hill, which is kind of like the most annoying turn about it. We've managed fine. I don't see, and these lights are kind of like holding up traffic more than anything. About the, the one that goes to Walmart? Yeah, the one right off, like, the 80 exit. 
I'm actually. Oh, I know happy who you're talking about. Because there have been the, the new ones they just put up there, right? Yeah, I, I'm actually happy that they put up the lights because there are folks who like who breezed through that intersection. Mm-hmm. They don't slow down. You got folks coming off the off the uh, expressway. I do think it's kind of cluster filled. Like it's it is too much. Okay, if anything, it's too much. Like really, really is. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> Sometimes when I pull up, I'm like, mm, I'm just gonna hold tight for a second. Before you know it, a car curls around. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I stopped. But I, I am glad that there's something to organize that intersection because there's been times when, you know, I, I'm praying for, you know, some of our homeless folks who kind of hang out in that intersection and they're just right in the middle of like cars just flying. And I'm like, all right, let's just, you know, I, yeah, it, 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 could, it could definitely be laid out better. So I definitely get like the necessity for like, you know, more, I don't know. Infrastructure. Yeah, like, you know, it's only more that works better. But honestly, just from my experience, I really have never, like, even noticed. Maybe I'm just a shitty driver, too. But, like, I've really, <laughs> really never seen, like, a lot of, like, problems in that intersection. Um, but anyways, regardless, like, that and then the walkway over by Walmart, like, it already had a sidewalk. I don't see why you need to extend, you know, more of a walkway. for. I don't see a lot of, like, foot traffic on that bridge. I just... Yeah, I'll tell you what, you know, and, and, and feel free to pop in, folks. Like, I... I'm actually excited that they're doing work on that bridge. Like I, you know, knowing that, and granted, I'm not a lifelong resident of the Strasburg community. I'm only two years in, so I I I I, I respect where you're coming from. But I'm always happy. I'm always happy to see a city or a town invest in its its infrastructure. Uh, and knowing that you know Strasburg is an old town um, mm-hmm. that from my perspective, has not invested in this infrastructure as much. You know, like taking care of some of these bridges and walkways, uh, parks and stuff like that. Like that's that's exactly what I think, you know, we need in order for us to not only keep our residents, but also to, to grow populations appropriately. Um, I wish they would invest in the roads the way they are investing in some of these bridges and stuff because my car is getting beat up with these potholes and you know, I, I'm I, I, I'm a car guy, so I hate having to go to Firestone to get new tires and and, and get alignments every two weeks. But um, but uh, I, I think that, but but I think to your point, Diego, like I think that's an opportunity for us to become more connected with our politicians to understand, hey, you know, why why are we still using, you know, dated you know pay meters where I have to hop out of my class every 15 minutes to give you $3 so that way I don't get a ticket. When, you know, if I go a town down, I can actually pay via my phone and continue to update, you know, as much as I need. You know, like we're, the, the modernization, you know, is something that, again, we don't hear a lot from poli- uh, politicians. I, I think I was maybe sharing with you, Eric, or something like that. Um, I'm, <clears throat> I'm still floored that we as a nation have not invested in our rail system, you know? Like certain states are, are finally figuring it out that we need high-speed rail. It's 2021, right? And, you know, other countries have modernized rail for like the last 50 years, you know, high-speed, getting from country to country, uh, country to country. So you know, it's, it's things like that where um, I feel like, you know, having that connection and relationship to our representatives and them being truly, um, interested in, in listening and hearing us and then putting some movement behind those those, those dialogues is where you know our, our, our vote really matters 
So that was like that was where I was going with it. Like yeah, like I I hope that like this election and having people get more involved is gonna get people more involved in their local community. I mean those are just like my little tidbits. Because they did start um they did repave like the whole four forty seven going towards Yes. They did that. So I mean like me, I'm like, okay, great, love that. That road was shit. Like I'm glad we did that. Those bridge and other things, I mean like I don't know, but <laughs> I'm just hoping that more people would be like, where was that conversation? Where did, like, were we a part of that? You know, like, I want to be more involved. That's right. See, and that brings up a really good point um, that I would like to ask other people. How familiar are those of you who are voting? Are you familiar with the the term down ballot voting? Has anybody heard of that? Nope. Okay. So this is actually really, really critical. So on your ballot essentially is you have your list of candidates for the various offices when you hear in the news people talk about the top of the ballot what they're talking about is the top office that's up for election so typically that's your presidential election down the ballot is where the term comes from is where you have the elections for your possible governor your state representative congress your local councilman your local councilwoman your auditor you know, all of those other little offices that oftentimes get overlooked, you know, in the voting process because all of the national media attention and, pardon me, even local media attention is usually on whatever draws the most attention, which is going to be your presidential race, your governor race, things of that nature, because those are more quote-unquote profile candidates. However, the problem that we oftentimes see and this is where people lose the contact and they lose that influence on those leaders is they're not looking what we call down the ballot at those minds at those smaller offices so for example i use this all the time when i talk to you know people i know when i get upset about you know voter registration changes such as changes to voter id laws and different regulations you know saying that we can't do early voting or you can't do this or you can't do that those changes and those things actually don't happen at the federal level. Those are done at the state level, you know, by, by offices within the state. A lot of times, and we don't realize, we control a lot more of our destiny locally through our smaller and local state offices if we research and we know who these people are, what their positions are, and what direction they want to take us. Those are the people we can go to their office. So they're, going, they're, they're here somewhere you know, within driving distance, you know, generally speaking. Those are oftentimes not the glamorous positions, but those are the ones that more directly impact our day-to-day life. And it's oftentimes hard to become informed about who those people are, about where their positions are. When you talk about ballot measures, is it are people familiar with that term about a ballot measure? Basically, that's if there's going to be a new rule, a new law, or a new addition or subtraction to your state constitution, things of that nature. Um, so for example, years ago when I lived in Las Vegas, the state of Nevada, for, for as long as I remember, every election cycle, there's a ballot measure as to whether or not Nevada will accept and allow themselves to have free to buy lottery tickets. As crazy as that sounds. It's against the state constitution for that to happen, but it's a measure that people will put on the ballot, people can vote yes or no for it, and then it should be implemented in the law, um, theoretically speaking. But it's one of those things that we have to start looking beyond just the presidential level, because when we talk about wanting to influence, okay, not liking this two-party system, not liking the fact that 
people are entrenched oftentimes in very opposing camps, a lot of times we can influence and move those people if we're moving the people underneath them because the people underneath them can't move up without us. Do you see what I mean? If we are engaged and if we are in their ear, because they can't be far from us, they are local, they are here, they don't move up without us and they know that. They don't get back in the office without us and they know that. We have to remember, remind them, this is who we are and this is the things that are important to me. Even within the two-party system, which is very frustrating, you can maneuver and you theoretically should be able to influence the direction in which that party goes. That's why you will see shifts over time from people, um, you know, if, you, if you're old enough like Curtis and I, you can remember how more so in the 90s, there was more of a semblance of a centrist within each party. There was much more of a degree of they're the center, what they would call center left or center right. Slowly but surely, there were people who advocated and kind of started pulling people more to polar extremes, and that's because the loudest voices in the room suddenly became the most influential, even if they weren't the most number or the highest percentage of people. We have to not lose our voice. We have to understand, you know, what are the issues that move us, okay? What is the issue that is going to move you to the polls? What is the issue that is going to move you to pick up a phone and call somebody? For Diego, paying that damn parking meter was enough. That was it. I ain't, I ain't saving on my quarters. That's it. I'm showing up, we're gonna have a conversation. The conversation didn't go the way I wanted, but that was, hey, no more of this, you know. For me, coming into this election, I, I'm not gonna have children in cages. I can't settle on that. I, I, all the other stuff that we're talking about, all the other, not, not us personally, but you know, other people in terms of this and that, no, no. You, you can't put children in cages and tear children away from their parents. That can't be allowed to happen. In, for, for Eric, okay? And that's what will make Eric go and pick up a phone and start calling on behalf of whoever's not going to do that. I don't care what the destination is. If you say you won't stand for that, Eric will give $5 for you. I'm about to be on the phone for you because that's a human rights issue. And human rights and equality is key and paramount for me, you know? And so as voters, as we inform ourselves about issues, those are the things before we worry about political camps and political parties. We have to understand our own values and where our values lie and what is most meaningful to us. If we understand that, then even party be damned, we can find those candidates. We can prop those people up. We have to find others who are like us. And as Curtis was saying, we have to have sustained engagement in the political process that extends beyond the voting booth. Once beyond that, there's work to still be done. And I liken the whole voting process, and I'm not gonna monopolize the time, but I like I always like to think of it as a as a as a game, a football game, a basketball game, because I love sports. You know, your first quarter to me is always gonna be your elections and those things that are taking place at your local level. The fourth quarter, and if you wait to show up at the fourth quarter, which is the presidential election, you waited too long. All the things that you could have done to influence the outcome of this game, that was happening earlier on at your local smaller levels. That's where your influence and your power comes from. You can elect people who represent your vision, your passion, 
those people are the ones who are to put the pressure on those presidential candidates, on those congressmen, on those senators, on those higher ups, because they have to see you. President is only going to breeze through town when it comes to every four years when it's time to do a rally to ask you, please bring me back to where I want to go in the White House, you know, or put me in there. All those congressmen, senators, and all those other people, they have to come back and see you much more. Your state representatives, your state legislators, your state assemblymen or women, those folks especially, they don't even get up there until they have seen you and they have to be with you. Call influence understand where your voice is and advocate strongly in that for the issues and the things that are make you most passionate did you want does anybody want to add anything to that or have questions is that released i feel like this should be like a class in school like every single place because since you mentioned so many things that we don't know especially me i feel like somebody has to teach us this since we don't want to later on figure out that, oh, I could have done this change back then, but now it's like too late. This needs to be like, you know, a teaching moment. Like, why isn't this taught us in school? Why isn't this taught us throughout their day-to-day -day life? It's like one way or another, they find loopholes to deter us not to go out and make a change. Yeah. And, and honestly, a lot of that is very intentional because once again, everything is a political process, even your school board. Your curriculum that you are learned and that you are taught is taught and directed and guided by elected people at the local level. And nobody ever talks about school board elections, do they? You may get a 30-second blip on your local news channel if you even bother to turn into your local news at 10 o'clock or whatever. I don't even know what time, because I don't turn it in, so I can't, you know, I'm not tripping. But you don't hear about those things, but those are the folks that honestly, curriculum, topics, books, lessons, the way it's presented, all of those things start there. And oftentimes you will find that the people who will want to be influential over that are people who are already influential. Most of us are not knowledgeable who they are, so we don't know how to engage, to advocate, to make sure that contributions from black, brown, women, and people are integrated into the curriculum as a norm as opposed to traditional things or things they feel controversial that they don't want to spark or, or you know, trigger some of their, you know, students. Those are, it is hard and they don't make it easy for a reason. I tell people all the time, voter suppression is real because the people don't want you to really do what you want to do. They don't really want to hear what you want to say. It's not convenient for them and it's not always profitable for a lot of and when you hear people say voting doesn't mean anything, they wouldn't work so hard for you not to be able to do it if it didn't mean something. They wouldn't work so hard to keep you from being informed about it if there wasn't value in it for them. Did Curry sometimes, I'm sorry, I don't want to take up all the time. Did you, is there anything you want to chime in or anyone else? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I feel like I'll said to agree with Fluff B, like if there was like a class on voting, like for like the specific technical aspects, but also just to like develop your voice, like as you were saying, and just like, because I don't know if everyone like knows where they stand on everything, like they might have like a few key points that they think about, or like, you know, just things that they've heard from other people, but they haven't like done the research and they don't know how because it's complicated with 
and just understanding bias in especially because there's so much of it in the political sphere <laughs> so just like I feel like that would be really valuable for people to like learn and understand but yeah I don't know if that's actually going to happen <laughs> Diego, you kind of talked a little bit about some of your areas of interest when it comes to um, you know, politics and, and the election. Janine, um, um, uh, what, what are some of those hot topics for you all? Like, what's really moving you all right now? Um, so right now, I'm actually applying for an internship to do some uh, research assistance for a book that a professor over at IUP is writing. Um, it's called um, I Fear for My Life, They That Mourn. So it's basically about um, racial injustice and late life um, rights and how they basically are like, like law enforcement. Basically issues are just like coming up right now in 2020. Um, so I'm really excited to like write about that. Um, the whole like Black Lives Matter movement is really important to me. I mean, like this past summer with all the um, protests and everything going on, you know, it was very like in your face. I feel like more than it has been for the past couple like ten years or so. <laughs> um, at least in my lifetime, I feel like we're really getting into like a whole another like civil rights movement. Um, in that sense, so like that's really big for me. Um. Just, yeah, I mean, overall, basic equality is just, like, in civil rights are, like, a huge thing for me. Um, other issues, wow. Are there other issues in America? Um, what about Janice? Because I'm, I'm curious, or Ashley, because I haven't heard from Ashley in a moment. Uh, what, Ashley, what, I guess, what, what, is, what is bringing you to the poll, or what brought you to the poll that you voted already? Um... Yeah, I think it's just important because I don't really see voting as like a right. I see it more as a privilege that we have because there's plenty of other people in plenty of other parts of the world that don't have that right, you know, that people say. Um, so I think it's important to use your voice. And I agree with what everyone else said, too. I think that more education on voting is needed um, I part to kind of open people's minds, uh, knowing that you don't just have to stick to one particular party. Um, even when you, you can vote for a president who's Republican, Democrat, third party, and vote for something different for the House, Senate, or your local government. I think that's very important to recognize because I think our government is, has become way too polarized and not everyone is represented and things just don't get done. So that's what brings me to the polls. <laughs> Ashley, you dropped a nice little gem that I'm going to circle back to in a little bit, but uh, I appreciate it that nugget that uh, we'll, we'll definitely hop into in a couple minutes. Janine, what about you? Yeah, I agree with uh, Diego about just like equality overall has been something that I've been thinking about more. And like, so like obviously like racially and I think the like right to choose with abortion is very important to me. I don't really, like I don't care if you are specifically pro-life or pro-choice, but having it accessible is what I care more about. And um, just something like I've been really thinking about like the most probably is the like judicial system with just like laws and prison and like specifically how people are treated in prison and like why we have so many people in prison and just the mentality that like thrives around so many things in there <laughs> is something that 
I'm passionate about. Have you, um, are you familiar with Michelle Alexander and her work, by chance? I don't think so. Okay. Definitely write that one down. Um, and uh, she, she, um, I'll, I'll, I'll send it via text to you, um, but definitely a phenomenal book that talks about the construction of um, the new Jim Crow. New Jim Crow. Thank you so much. Um, she goes to it and goes into a historical um, uh, perspective in regards to the construction of like modern day, modern, modern day celebrities, criminal justice. Phenomenal. And she's also in the Thirteenth Documentary. Yeah, I saw that one. My, my, my shero Ava Duvernay, she she produced that one. So, so so much good stuff there. But I, I'm I'm really um, enthused that that's an area of interest because we have so much work to do in that particular area. Talk about voter suppression. You know that's that's one of the areas in which um, some work has been done, has been accomplished, even though they're still trying to, you know, kind of wipe out the ability for inmates to vote. Right. So. They're trying to in Florida, trying to tax, you know, uh, inmates before they're able to vote, which gets to the point of you know actually voting being a true privilege and not a right. Right? Um, one, there's nothing written down that says that we have the right to vote. So, and because the system was constructed through a privileged model, those folks only have the privilege to vote, and it can be taken away very easily, which is so problematic in so many ways, but uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> Manny, hey. Sorry, Manny, go ahead. Um, no, nah, so because uh, because I haven't been able to legally vote, um, I'd never cared to to actually educate myself on the political system and all this. I was I was one of those kids that's like, oh. 50% of the population vote anyway, so my vote alone is not going to make a difference. And this is the year that because of the climate, social climate, political climate, I've realized how wrong I was and how important it is to vote, how important it is to get involved, not just uh, uh, in, in the big picture, but locally as well, because locally is, is directly where you're going to be affected by, like Diego was saying, right? The little laws and situations in your city, in your town. Um, so... Because of that, I just, so like two weeks ago, I just applied for my citizenship exam so that I can become eligible to vote. <laughs> so that'll be coming up soon. Um, but in the meantime, obviously, I unfortunately have to be a bystander as a, as a non-voter um, regarding this election. But um, I'm very, very glad and happy to see all, like the majority of my friends, people my age group that never cared to vote, never cared to be involved in this stuff. And now more than more than just be willing to vote without thinking, but rather educating themselves to properly vote um, based on individual issues that affect themselves, their families, and the overall, you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, the overall situation in America, right? Um, so honestly, when it comes to politics, as of right now, I'm a student. I mean, I'm just learning, trying to understand the complexities of it, taxes, corporate taxes, how the 1% is different between, you know, how they're uh, uh, treated differently between uh, 
how they're, they're treated differently, like uh, relating to taxes um, uh, in relation to the rest of the population, um, taxes and loopholes and all this stuff. Like how did Donald Trump pay $750 in taxes? I just have, I just have a lot of questions and I'm just like, honestly, slowly learning and trying to figure out things that I was like, whoa, I, how did anyone oversee this over, you know, in the last few years? So, um, so yeah, I'm just, honestly, I'm just a student. I'm glad you're all sharing because I'm learning from every single one of you speaking today. I, uh, in the chat, I included a link. Um, and it's, it's a link for a, a website and organization where what you can do is you can actually put in your address and wherever you live, it'll tell you every, every person, every candidate who's on the ballot, any initiatives that are on the ballot, and you can do a comparison of the candidates on their views on those issues. Um, and you can just kind of look side by side and decide what do you agree with, you know, and it, like I said, it doesn't have to be a party issue. So they also include third party candidates or independent candidates on this website as well. So when you put, put your local address in any local state and on up, um, you know, those are, those are things that you can research, not just for this cycle, because keep in mind, the voting process takes place every two years because there's always a midterm election. It's not just the presidential election and it's the midterm elections as well that happen. And those are the ones that typically even have the even lowest turnout and participation, but also oftentimes have the most impact. Uh, as we talk about criminal justice and justice reform, keep in mind things such as your judges are elected positions in your community. You have local judges where you are that will decide criminal civil cases. You actually get to vote on who those people are. It's important to know who they are so that we don't vote in the people who are going to make egregious decisions against us. When we talk about the midterm elections in which there's no presidential candidate, but once again, as the term I talked about earlier, the down ballot candidate, the way you decide federal judges is whoever's in charge of the Senate gets to nominate the judges for the president. So your senators and your congressmen can are up even during the midterm elections, depending on their terms. Those people will influence your criminal justice system because those are the people who get appointed into judgeships for life at the federal level, okay? These are people, let me say that again. Once they get there, they don't ever have to leave that job until they die which means it's critically important when we talk about justice, when we talk about equality, we talk about a, a woman's right to choose, we talk about police brutality. All of these things, before they make it to a presidential Supreme Court, they start at the lower courts. We have the ability to influence who is that person at that lower court who's going to be hearing that. In order for us to influence who that person is, we have to make sure we know who our congressmen is, who our senators are, our state legislators, so that those people don't appoint, support, or nominate or go along with people who are going to do egregious harm to our rights. Um, and, and that's what Curtis was saying, you know, this is never a, all right, once the election's over, we've done our job, it's done, I expect you to go fix the problems and make the world right. No, it's a sustained long game that never ends, and that's good. Because in order to make progress, you can't have a finite, definitive end to it. There's always more that needs to be adjusted and corrected as society moves forward. And be able to adjust and look at those perspectives and those needs of our people. 
in a way that's going to meet them as those needs change and as our demographics and our people change. Now, bro, to Manny and Diego, because one, Manny, I'm hella happy to hear you doing your citizenship. I'm hella proud of you, too. But I want to ask both of y'all a question because it's been kind of bugging me. Do you feel like it's unfair that the fact that you guys have been living here for who knows how long and yet you can't still vote? Because for me, I feel like that sucks. Like, legit, as everybody's saying, this is voting is a privilege. Like, legit, it's something that everybody has their own voice to be heard and able to move something and make a change in history. So the fact that, you know, you have to take a citizen test in order to become a citizen, which now it changed a lot because back then when my mom and dad did it, it was quite expensive, quite a long process, so much barriers next after another to just, you know, deter you. Would you want to see a change from that? Whereas, like, let's say if you live here in the U.S. for five to ten years, you should be able to be allowed to vote for, you know, Democrat, Republican, and all that stuff. So I think uh, citizenship towards uh, voting is sort of an essential thing. I don't necessarily think that um, me as a permanent resident should necessarily get that big of a vote, or maybe we should do it uh, in a way where it count like I don't know back in the day where like it counts maybe like as like a percentage of a vote in that kind of like um demographic um but I've been here literally basically my whole life um and I'm just now like I'm getting in the process of like also getting my citizenship right now um but it's getting more expensive, even as expensive as it is right now, in the next like few years, in the next like year or so, it's supposed to go up like at least another four hundred some dollars. Um, there are programs though that like I'm applying for um, through help right now that like will eliminate that um, fee, and I can just kind of go in and take the test. And I mean, with my experience here in this country, it shouldn't be that hard. So I mean, like maybe the naturalization process could be edited or like um whatever the term is for editing in like policies and stuff Streamline. sure <laughs> um um they could be so like facilitate it maybe for like some people but okay. i do think that naturalization and becoming a citizen in this country is kind of important towards um voting because i mean people just come in and like have residencies but they go in and out of the country and they don't necessarily like Real, um, identify as American, which for like yeah. a while was kind of like my issue. I don't necessarily want to be <laughs> recognized as an American. I'm like totally like proud of being Colombian and like I love my country, um, even though I basically am American, you know. Yeah. Um. So that's just a little bit of my side. Um. I don't know. I I don't know if it's. I actually kind of feel it's like fair as it is um so i when i want like i knew it since when since i came here what i had to do so you spend 10 years as a uh living in the u.s as a permanent resident and then five years or i'm sorry you spend 10 years in the u.s then you get a permanent residency once you come in with the working visa at least in my case um and then you spend five additional years as a permanent resident and then at the end of those five years total 15 years in the u.s then you're able to qualify for a citizenship exam, which truthfully is very simple. It's just like 
they give you a like hundred questions based on U.S. history. You study them and then you go in. Um, they just know that you shouldn't have, you know, within that 15 year period, the only things that can stop you from um, getting your, your citizenship, it's like becoming, you know, a felony crime or getting involved in the criminal justice system on the, on the bad end. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh, fair as it is, to be honest. And um, there needs to be regulation. So I'm okay with that. <clears throat> but can I, add a, can I ask a question for Janine, who's 18? Um, did you, I say that because uh, your age is relevant in this case, because I'm 26. And I honestly, like, politics came into my world at like 24. Now, so, so I was absolutely behind very late probably because I couldn't vote, so I never cared or it was, you know, even relevant to voting. But um, how did you learn about voting? Was it through school, through personal life, through family? Or, like, how did this... I understand nowadays it's 2020. The internet is crazy. Um, so information is accessible. But how did you come to hear about voting and what made it important to you? Um, I mean, I've always kind of just been someone who's very, like interested in a lot of things so probably I don't know when but uh so like I started watching YouTube when I was like 11 and then probably getting into more like stuff that's um more political when I was like 13 just out of curiosity and just like just because I found those topics like kind of interesting like and like the videos framed it in a way that was like not boring (laughs) Like, they didn't necessarily talk about voting. They were just, like, saying the, their opinions. So then I was kind of forming mine. And then so over years, I've been, like, developing my, like, political opinion. I mean, my uncle is super into voting. So, um, like, I always knew that. And he's, like, he, like, uh, it's just a part of, like, politics. Like, Mad- he helped with Madeline Bean's campaign. Uh, I forget when. But, like, a little... So kind of now I forget if it's like right now or if it was just a few years ago okay. so like it's like and my parents do vote they haven't talked about it. it's not something that they're like oh you have to vote it's just like we do vote so I just kind of like okay I didn't think much about it I was more just like yeah obviously I'm gonna vote when I turn 18 gotcha okay cool well, okay. What about, I guess when when did that's a, cause that's a really good question you know did what what made you or what drove you to decide that you know hey this is something or when did you decide to become more aware and engaged in the process myself is more about like as i've been saying all the time because i feel like everybody say this whole type of quote that history been repeating themselves every time i hear that i'm like nah bro history just been evolving throughout the time just to go with the era it is right now so basically i want to see more change because legit there's no such thing as equality right now as it is they still fight against black and white they still fight against gender because you know i just want to see change that's all like that's what's influenced me the most of like i gotta go out there and vote and i gotta do as much research as i can right now to do like you know little votes on the side for the locals and all that stuff so once I see that happen, that's when I'm going to be like, I, history has actually did change. History hasn't been repeating itself. Now it's actually been, you know, a different chapter because we're still in the same chapter. We haven't left it. I actually kind of remember <laughs> really quick. 
like no. I remember why I transit. So um, when I was thirteen, like I think it was thirteen, uh, I got like confirmed at my church, and I was like, eh, I don't fully believe. So that's what it started with. It started with like me listening to people who like did and didn't believe in God and just kind of developing my opinion on religion and then they ended up also like that also ended up mixing in with politics so then it also kind of like bled into that I just like realized that real quick so I wanted to add that real fast no but thank you for sharing that Uh, Fluffy I know you gotta run off to class have a great day thank you very much for joining us Uh, thank you for having me See ya. Uh, Curtis, we were just actually kind of talking about, I guess, what initially kind of got um, each of us, I guess, originally motivated, not so much this election, but just in general, when did that start and the interest in the process begin? Um, I'll let you talk to that before I, before I speak, but um, oh, you're on mute still. Um, thanks, I have this technology thing. But, um, I think for me, um, voting, voting has been important for me since I was a kid. Uh, I, I remember some of my early uh, memories. Um, I remember my mom, um, you know, um, after picking us up, you know, picking us up from my grandmother's house on the south side of Chicago, you know, she, we would she uh, she would park at you know the the library, and we'd be in the car waiting for her, and she would run in, vote real quick, and then we she head on home. And you know it was that determination to be involved, even after a long day of work, you know, working downtown, heading home, picking up her kids, you know, being around the family, still made sure that she voted, and um, and she was very critical of the folks who represented her, who represented us. Um, and I think as I've gotten older, um, I maintained that investment in representing me. Even when I was in college, you know, I wanted to know in Ohio who, who were the folks who were trying to speak on my behalf. Or when I was in Buffalo, you know, like, you know, who, who were the folks who I need to be aware of as a student in grad school? You know, like all of these things. So, um, so now as a resident of, of a community and um, as a, uh, as an invested, you know, participant uh, of, of our region, like I, I want to know, like, who's going to fix my problems? Like, I'm mad about that. Like, I, I'm mad I have to pay for, for new tires. But, you know, just being invested in the folks who um, want to see us progress as people, um, but then also has an investment in seeing that, you know, that, that civil piece, you know, Continues to advance. Uh, us making sure that we're addressing how we're modernizing as a community, how we're thinking about, you know, um, um, our our stance on folks and access to medical support, like all of these things. Like those are major conversations that in 2021 we shouldn't be fighting over. Like these are some, of, to me, common sense pieces that we should be taking, you know, taking care of. That um, I think that because I saw it as a youngster. They're, they're, they're pivotal to how I function to this day. And I want to make sure that, you know, my voice um, is, is heard to go along with how I function within the community.
I, it's funny you say that because I, I, I had a very similar experience in, in that, uh, and also I think it was Janine who said that she had a, a relative who was very engaged politically. Um, my parents, my mother and my father, are were very, very politically active in terms of my dad, even though living in Chicago, he would drive back home to Gary, Indiana and during election seasons, do voter drives, help people canvass, get out the vote and do those things and, and I've seen that all my life and it, it was one of those things I think early on I certainly saw the value of it but at 18 I'm not gonna lie it was more or less of if mom and dad asked me did I get out and do it there was no way number one I was gonna lie and there was no way also I was gonna say well no I ain't get a chance to no 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 that that just that wasn't gonna work um and, and so you know there was always gonna be a lecture that came but it was good because it was an understanding of, you know, you know, my mom used to always say, you know, when you when it comes time to come to the dinner table, don't complain about the food if you weren't in the kitchen cooking. Meaning if you didn't take the time to get in here and help do the work, you can't complain about the outcome. Don't complain about your tuition going up if you didn't go and talk to the, you know, and, and vote and talk to people who were in charge of raising your tuition and your fees, your, your student representatives. Don't complain about this and that, you know, because Whenever I would have a complaint, that'd be the first question they'd ask. Did you vote? Did that come up? I don't know if it came, what do you mean you don't know if it came up? Did you read on it? I'm sure there was something somewhere that you should, and once again, that creates this onus of personal responsibility. It's not an excuse to sit there and wait on the back end and wait for the bad stuff to happen and then just grumble, you know? And it's taking that proactive, this is my life, this is our lives. We have to be determined and be directed in how we approach that and make sure those folks who are influencing that are having our interests at heart. You know. So um, now it is a little bit after four, and I know we've had a couple people who've had to hop off because they have to go to class. So we will close out in a few minutes, but I do want to give everybody an opportunity to just give us any final thoughts about how you feel going into this election how do you feel you know about the potential results um the validity we talked about of the process i mean just a general sense of how, how are you feeling um so overall like just because i'm not a google vote and everything um i appreciate and i'm very grateful for the fact that everyone is getting so involved um and that everyone's being so educated and trying to be well informed on issues i think that is just very progressive and very a huge step towards just like implementing change in general um i'm not necessarily enthused by either candidates um but i hope that the lesser evil <laughs> wins and then we are able to kind of like take the same energy and move it into just being more proactive, um, you know, starting out with our communities and then going into that more national level. I just hope that people keep the same energy and, you know, strive to hold people to these standards and strive to have these things happen. I just want, like Fluffy said, I just want to change, you know. I want to implement change and I want to leave this world better than I entered it. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 
I, I, I don't think we'll get like the. Re- we're definitely not going to get like the full results on like the day, just because obviously like of how voting is with COVID and everything. So it's just kind of like take, taking whatever happens that day with like a grain of salt. Like no matter who it is, like not getting too excited or too upset or anything, and just like hoping for the best, but like prepared for whatever outcome. That's kind of how I'm taking it. <laughs> Um, for me, I am absolutely going to be very upset if Mr. Trump wins again. I think he's just very decisive individual. Divisive, sorry, not decisive. Divisive, meaning, you know, he divides people. He makes people argue. He is, I think he's a comedian, I'll be honest. I don't think he's a politician, you know what I mean? I think he's a, a con artist of a sort. And whether or not he may have some plans that are um, positively going to impact the community, I think he's hurting overall more than he is helping. So for that reason alone, those are my wishes. Like I said, I don't like to have an opinion usually because I don't, I am not able to vote, but just on the last three to four years that he's been there and it's, it's been politically, it's been like the worst time I think I've ever experienced living in the U S that's, that's a powerful thing to say. Yeah, it's just, and unfortunately, a lot of people share the same feelings, which is sad. I think for me, um, you know, I, I, I'm a big history guy, and I, and I, um, I believe that our the way we function is a reflection of um, what we value, um, and I think that. The last three and a half years, three and three quarter years, I think we've seen what this country values. Um, what this country, you know, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. What what this what this country values, um, and um, I think this was the first time in my lifetime where I I saw we've seen um, the leader of our country ignite. The, the, the systemic values that drive and who would and has constructed who we are as a country. Um, you know, pulling up those fiber, fibers that were constructed out of you know systemic racist behaviors, thought, and all those type of things. And, and I and I I think that is important for us to really come to grips with because. It's on display for the world to see. And now's the time for us to make a decision on how we want to move forward as a country. Um, knowing that a lot of those fibers are still strong. You know, we would have thought that those would have disintegrated over 400 years, right? No, we, we still see a lot of those um, foundational pieces still intact and being able to move um, through them with their respective privileges. So, um, so I think for me, this election is critical to how America moves forward. Because what I'm afraid of is we'll still be swimming in this swamp of uh, systemic oppression while the world continues to advance. And we'll be still the best at everything in our minds while other countries lap us including when it comes to inclusion, diversity, and equity. And that's going to be horrific for us. I think that 
when I honestly go into this the weekend and go into the election, um, I won't lie to you guys. I have a I have a great deal of anxiety. I have a great deal of anxiety. Uh, because as we've all sort of echoed in one way or another, the last three years has shown me what show me how little so much of this country thinks about some of us that are not uh, that are not privileged or not white or not male um, who are not right. benefiting you know from a lot of the policies and things and I just never imagined I would see the, the level of cruelty and the level of acceptance of cruelty you know from so many people and we always like to say we think our country is better than this and our country is better than that. Well, I, I need to see that in action. I need people to say that certain practices and certain things are just, it's unacceptable or, or just on any level to, to demonize, you know, populations of people as murderers or rapists to, to think that it's acceptable to rip children from their mothers because you want to, quote, teach a lesson. You know, I, I want to see that although the people who come up with these ideas and these policies don't think better, then hopefully my country would think to themselves, there's a different and a more humane and a much better way to approach this. And, and we need that, you know, and not just on those topics and those issues, but as it relates to access to healthcare, as it relates to economic justice, as it just relates to just viewing decency amongst each other as a, as a real value and not a sign of weakness. I, I'm, I'm anxious and, and I'm trying to be optimistic that my country will once again, for at least, I only know say once again, that they'll say that, you know, this is not who we want to be. Um, we'll find out, like you said, not necessarily on Tuesday, because elections and votes and counts won't be coming in so well after that. And there'll be court challenges and all that good stuff, but. I'm anxious, and um, but I want to be hopeful, you know, I do. But I, I appreciate all of you being so open and honest and, and sharing your feelings, your discussions, your background, your perspective, because it's important. This topic is so important. And, and it, you, like you said, you wish you got this more in school and, and the fact that you're not getting it, not getting this opportunity and this exposure even this late in the game is, is, is really a disservice to all of you. Um, but thank you for taking this opportunity and engaging Curtis and I with you. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for hosting it. Yeah, thank you guys. Hosting us, yeah, for sure. Or so thank you all. Hope to see you all in the future. Yeah, take care, guys. It's nice to meet you, Janine and Diego. Yeah, nice to meet everyone. Okay, so Bye. Bye.